You are listening to episode number 14 of Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast. Honest Teacher Vibes with Bree Richardson. What if you could spend less time feeling overextended and more time doing the things you love? My name is Kelsey Sorensen, and I'm here to show you how to ditch the overwhelm, stress, and guilt that comes with juggling all the different roles you play. Mom, dad, husband, wife, teacher, friend, the list goes on. I'm a teacher and sub turned homeschool mom and self-help guru. On this podcast, we're all about helping teachers and parents like you work smarter, not harder, so that you can experience a life you love, a life that feels fulfilling, balanced, and full of joy. For more support and instant access to unlimited time-saving resources and teacher-focused life coaching, head to www.wifeteachermommy.com slash club. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, teacher friends, you are in for a huge treat today. Our guest on the podcast is Brie Richardson, and you may have heard from her. She is Honest Teacher Vibes on all major platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and she is so funny. If you do not follow her yet, make sure to go follow her ASAP, like right now or as soon as you're done listening to this episode, because you are going to want to follow her. She is so fabulous. She is going to be one of our keynote speakers at Educate and Rejuvenate on June 28th and 29th. It is going to be such a great time. So if you have not grabbed your ticket yet, after this episode, I'm sure you're going to be convinced to grab your ticket. So make sure to go to educateandrejuvenate.com to snag your ticket. If you are a club member, you do not need to buy a ticket because you already have access and all the replays and a bonus day where my team and I are planning lots of fun bonus content just for members. And Brie will actually be coming back and doing a Q&A only with members of Wife Teacher Mommy Club. It'll be so fun. It was so fun to talk with her face-to-face today. And during that Q&A, our members will be able to do that as well. It is going to be such a great time. Also, if you are a club member, make sure to also hop over to the private podcast where you can hear a bonus segment with Brie as well. So without further ado, let me introduce Brie. She is a seventh grade teacher with a passion for bringing humor and joy to the classroom. It is her fourth year as an educator. She uses humor as a way to relieve stress and deal with all the craziness that comes of being an educator. You may have seen her on TikTok as Honest Teacher Vibes. She is also part of a podcast called Teachers Off Duty. Brianna is one of those people who has never met a stranger. If you meet her out in public, feel free to stop by and say, hey, best friend. And she really is. She is so friendly and easy to talk to and get along with. This was such a great interview. So let's get to it. Hey, Brie, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Hey, Kelsey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited. Of course, I'm so glad you're able to be here. So can you introduce yourself to our listeners, like where you're from, your teaching background, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Bree Richardson. I'm from a little small town called Jackson, Tennessee. Um, I went to Union University, graduated with a sports medicine degree, and ended up going back to school to become a teacher. This year was my fourth year teaching. I obviously, a lot of people know, like I quit teaching on March the 22nd, you know, due to health concerns. So I love education. I love teaching. I love laughing. I love having a good time. I'm Honest Teacher Vibes on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And I'm, I love to act a fool and make people laugh. So it's fun to like have followers because, you know, that's already my natural personality. So now it's fun to, you know, be able to do that on the internet. 
<laughs> it's so fun. And I love watching all of your videos and everything that you do on Honest Teacher Vibes. So can you tell us a little bit about how you started Honest Teacher Vibes and how your presence online grew to what it is now? Yeah. So it's so crazy. Like this was two years ago, right? You know, at the end of 2020, we had went back to school you know, the pandemic, we got out in March and then we ended up going back to school in August, but it was, you know, half of our students were online, half of our students were in school. And so in each one of my classes, I had like 15 to 17 kids. And then I had like 15 kids online for each class. And so that was a very interesting year. Yeah. And so, and it was also a very stressful year. And so in October of 2020, toward the end of October, I made a video. There was like a, a sound that was trending on TikTok and I really didn't do TikTok. Like my twin sister did it and she, you know, I had to call her and ask her like, Hey, how do I do this? Like, how do I make this video? And, um, I, I made an anchor chart in my classroom and there was this sound on TikTok that was trending called try Jesus, not me. <laughs> and so I made this anchor chart of, you know, me telling my kids they better act right when I have a substitute teacher. Oh, and yeah. It, like, viral and like blew up on TikTok. It had like 100,000 views. And I was like, what the heck? Like I had the most <laughs> I'd ever gotten was like three or 4,000. And so I kept making like videos from there and they all flopped. And I was like, oh, that was like a one time thing. And then at the end of November, I had a student who, you know, is now known as my Tristan character on TikTok. But <laughs> I had a student who I saw him do something and I said, hey, stop that. And he said, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. And I'm like, I, I have eyes. I just watched you do that. Like I know. And so I came home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a TikTok. And I made <laughs> a TikTok with that character and it like blew up. It had like 200,000 views. And so I realized, you know, that teachers like to see content that was relatable to them and what they dealt with in the classroom every day. And so I just kept making content like that. And my account like blew up from there. I am still like, it is the craziest thing ever to me. I'm still like in disbelief. That is amazing. And that was so fun to hear because I feel like I found your profile when you'd already kind of, you'd grown that following. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's when a lot of people found your profile. So it's really Fun to hear like kind of the origin story behind Honest Teacher Vibes. And I didn't realize you started like during the pandemic. That is like so cool. Yep. My account started to get big at the beginning of December 2020. When we got out for Christmas break on December the 15th, I remember my account was at like 50,000 followers. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then when we came back to school on January the 4th for the beginning of the spring semester, I had just hit 100K that day. And I was like, what in the world <laughs> is going on? That's truly amazing. But, you know, I think it actually really makes sense because when you think about it, teachers, they were in need of some humor during that time. Like, I mean, still are, but like that was like, you know, in the heart of the pandemic when everything was going on. And I feel like that was the time where even like COVID memes and everything were going around. And it was like, yeah, we needed some humor to balance out all the really hard things that were going on. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a stress reliever for me. And it was kind of cool. You know, I didn't do it for money. I didn't do it to be popular on social media. It was honestly just like this project that I took on. And it was kind of fun to like make a video and like yeah. see the views and see teachers interacting with it and saying, that's what I deal with in my classroom too. And so I just, I remember those like 
first days of little baby TikTok honesty drives, and it's grown into like this huge thing. And I, I, I literally every day, like I'm still in disbelief. Yeah, we've well, built an amazing community, and you know, you can see that with all the followers you've gained. People really relate with you and the humor yeah. and the stories you have to share. And I really feel like that's one of your amazing talents, like on Instagram and TikTok, is like being able to find the humor in the everyday. And it's brightened many teachers' days, including my own. How are you able to find the humor in the everyday things and turn it into these videos? I think that some of the funniest things, like when I look at like stand-up comedians and things that make me laugh, they're funny because they're true. It's so true. You know, some of the things that we deal with, you know, when we call admin to come get a kid and they come get them and then the kid comes back with like a snack and a juice like 10 minutes later. And it literally like I can feel smoke like coming out of my ears. And so, you know, my account, like I was just like, I'm just going to this is going to be like a, a satire. You know, when I was teaching, I was like, oh, this is satire and like making fun of it. And now I'm not teaching anymore. I'm like, no, this ain't no satire. This is like 100 percent true. It was one of those things like, let me try to laugh to keep from crying. And so I tried to present it in a humorous way to make teachers laugh because the situation in itself is like really frustrating when you call admin and you send a kid to them and they send them back. Like that situation is just so frustrating in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But I'm like a class clown type of personality. And so I was like, let me just try to do something funny and laugh with this. Yeah. Were you the class clown like growing up and everything too? 100%. Absolutely. Like my twins, I have a twin sister and she's actually on TikTok as well. Her name is Made to Rise on TikTok. And she and her husband do like fun TikTok videos. And I, I think they're at like almost 200K. But in high school, my twin was like the, even now still, she's like the more serious one, like kind of has her life together. And I'm like, just, I fly by the seat of my pants. Now when I was, (laughs) I did not fly by the seat of my pants. Like I was very like type A teacher. I had to have things like organized, had to have things because I was always paranoid they were going to come in and observe me. So (laughs) yeah. Those observations. <laughs> Those observations, like, why, please, why? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a class clown type of personality. Love that. So what is your favorite video you've ever created to be posted on your TikTok? The crazy thing is my favorite video is actually one that was not teacher content. It was one that I made where I did different memes of people misspelling words. <laughs> And it was like the funnest thing. And I added like this little chipmunk voice and I would just like laugh and it got like 11 million views. And I was like, what the heck? Like it was just, that was my favorite video to make. I mean, I had like Vanessa Hudgens, she shared it on her Instagram stories. Kiala Settle, who was the bearded man from the greatest yeah. She shared it on hers and we're like friends on Instagram now. And like, if I'm that's amazing like, responds. And I'm like, who am I? Like, <laughs> I remember that video. I didn't realize that was you. That's so cool. It was so fun. And the crazy thing is that when I made the video, I got a community guideline violation for it. What? TikTok is just so crazy sometimes. Like, and so I, I almost deleted it. Like, I almost took it down when it was at like 50K and it got a community guideline violation. 
And I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with this video. So I submitted an appeal and TikTok put the video back. Oh, God. So and it got to like 11 million views because I was just so tickled at the way that people were spelling things like (laughs) one person was like, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And instead of human beings, he put like human beings. (laughs) And I just was howling. I just thought that was like the funniest thing I had ever seen. Um, And so that was actually my favorite video to make because it was it was so fun. Do you have the link to that video handy so I can put it in the show notes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because <laughs> I think our listeners will want to watch that after hearing all about it. It was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about TikTok is like you, as a content creator, like you just create the content and you put it out there and you let your audience decide, you know, like, because sometimes yeah. we delete stuff as content creators and it's like, no, just leave it. Like if you create some content, just leave it and see, you let the audience decide if they want to watch it or not. Don't you decide because you're just naturally critical, you know, of yourself. Anyway. So true. So that can be with anything, you know, like just put it out there and, and, and see what it does and don't be, you know, critical of yourself. Cause if I would have took that down, those main videos kind of pushed me to, I think I was at like half a million followers when I started making them. And those meme videos pushed me to like 700,000 followers because I kept making, you know, those type of videos. And so that's yeah. so cool. And you've been going on tour too. So you aren't only online, but you're doing in-person like comedy. My life is like wild, right? Now. Like it, I am still like in disbelief. Like I still am like, am I going to like wake up and like, this is a dream or something like, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the board teachers comedy tour. Board teachers is um, a social media teacher entertainment platform where they do like a lot of funny. They're they're bigger on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, like two million followers on Facebook, and I think like 800k on Instagram. And so they uh, had like several comedians that worked for them, and so they wanted to do a comedy tour. And they were like, "Hey, do you want to be on the comedy tour?" And I was like, "Heck no! Like I don't want to." <laughs> I was like, I don't want to stand up on stage in front of people because I was scared. I was like, what if I'm, you know, not good at it? And, you know, social media is way different than being on stage in front of a bunch of people. And so I did like my first couple of shows and I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. Um, (laughs) And so we just finished. We did a tour in Florida for spring break. And we just last week finished our Northeast tour in Boston, Philly, got to perform in Times Square. Like it was, it's yeah. And then we'll, our summer tour will probably start the second week of June. So fun. And I will link to that as well in case anybody wants to come see you and the rest of the board teachers. Who's all on that tour? Devin Seabold is on there. Casey Mack Funny, Jess Smith, who is Teacher Tales of Miss Smith on board teachers. Mr. Thomas English, if you know him on TikTok. He's the guy with the British accent. He does like all the different Disney videos and he's so fun. And then Gary Brooks is on there Oh, yeah. I know who Gary Brooks is. Yes. <laughs> That's a fun tour. We have a good time because like all of us are class clowns. So fun. You put all the class clowns together and it's a huge party, I'm sure. Yeah, huge party. <laughs> okay. And then you will also be joining us at our virtual event this summer, Educate and Rejuvenate. And we are so excited to have you. And you plan on talking to us about balancing teaching and being a mom. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. And you'll be one of our keynote speakers, which is going to be so much fun. I'm really excited. It's going to be so fun. 
I am interrupting this episode for just a moment to let you know about our virtual event that I want to invite you to this summer. It is called Educate and Rejuvenate, and you'll be hearing from amazing speakers such as Bree Richardson from Honest Teacher Vibes, Amber Harper from Burned In Teacher, Bryce Sizemore from The Teaching Texan, Sarah Marie from The Stellar Teacher, Heidi and Emily from Second Story Window, Amy Nielsen from Planning Playtime, and so many more amazing speakers. And of course, yours truly. Plus, there will be bonus live segments with our presenters, group life coaching with Chrissy Nichols, and even fitness classes to do with your teacher friends. And you'll get all of this for just five bucks. That's why I mean it when I say this is going to be the education event of the year, because it is going to help you not only with your teaching, but to help you feel rejuvenated and ready to take on the next school year. Head over to the show notes or go to educateandrejuvenate.com to grab your ticket. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with balancing teaching and being a mom? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they always say like, there's no tired, like teacher tired. No, there ain't no tired, like teacher mom tired. Um, <laughs> so, true. so, you know, dealing with kids all day long and then you come home, your kids are hyper. That's why I'm like, people who have more than one kid, shout out to you. Cause I, I don't want no more. <laughs> I just want the one I got. Cause I can look at her and get tired. Like, <laughs> It's so true. They're tiring. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a balance. You know, even before I started social media with being a teacher and being a mom, you know, there were times where I I came home and I had papers to grade or I had lessons to plan. And, you know, you know, your kids like they climb all over you. They think you're a jungle Mm -hmm. gym. They'll never climb on their dad like that. (laughs) As a mom, they think that we're a jungle gym. So I'll be trying to grade papers and you know, do lesson plans. And my daughter's like, pay attention to me. They want the attention. Yes. That sounds like my little girl. Yeah. They want that attention and baby, they will do anything to get it. And so, you know, I came to a point where I was like, okay, Brie, like we gotta, we gotta figure out, you know, a way to, you know, have some balance. And do I ever feel like, you know, you'll have like complete balance? No, that's just not the way life is. Like, you can try, you know, for balance, but life is just not, that's not realistic for life. You won't always be able to find balance. But, you know, one of the things that I do is if I'm working on something, especially now, you know, with social media and working for board teachers full time and traveling, one of the things that I try to do is when I am at home, I try to spend very, very intentional time with my daughter. So if I'm working on something and it's something, you know, for social media that I have got to get done you know, I'll say, hey, you know, mommy's working on something right now, but mommy will stop, you know, I'll set a timer or something and I'll stop and then I'll play with her for like 15 or 20 minutes because kids like they want you to pay attention to them. But then like they get to a point where they're like, OK, you can go away now. Like I'm I'm done playing with you. So true. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, she might be trying to get my attention that time that I'm working on something. But, you know, if I stop and play with her for 10 or 15 minutes, then she's bored and she's like, OK, mommy, like, I want to do something else, you know. And so when I'm, you know, working from home and I'm working on a lot of stuff and things that I have to get done, I try to be conscious of the fact like, OK, my little girl's name is Peyton. And I'm like, OK, if Peyton is like all up in your face, put your stuff down, take a second, play with her because, you know, in 15 minutes, she's going to be bored with you and she's going so to do something else. And so being a mom and being a teacher, just being a mom and in the work and, you know, and being in the workforce in general, is just such a juggling act. You know, I'm not going to say dads don't have dad guilt. I think they do. But 
moms, there is just a level of mom guilt on us that society puts on us and that we put on ourselves because, you know, we feel like we should be doing more or, you know, we feel like we should be playing with our kids more. And it's like the reality is like we can't do everything. And so, you know, I had to learn you need to give yourself some grace. The time you stop and play with Peyton, it's unrealistic for you to play with her all day long because you're not three. Like you're not (laughs) you're her mama, not necessarily her playmate. So you can stop and spend some quality time with her. And then, you know, she's bigger now. So I can say, okay, mommy has to do this or mommy has to do that. And as soon as I get done, I'll play with you. And and so it's just it's just trying to find a balance. For sure. And I I love and totally relate to basically everything you said there. Like, especially I loved how you talked about the like, you know, after 15 minutes, she's done or whatever, because it was actually, I can't remember what I was reading. But there was something saying that for every like 20 minutes you spend with your child, you like buy yourself two hours to work on whatever you need to, which obviously I'm like, I'm not looking at my time with my daughter as like a transactional type of thing like that. But it is like we want that intentional time with our children, but that's like what it is. We can have very intentional quality time. It doesn't have to be quantity time all the time, because like you said, we're not their playmate. We are their parents. Yeah. So (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a balance. And I love her, man. When she goes to bed at night, I'm like, Oh, thank the Lord. Sleep. I'm like, Oh, I miss you. Wake up. (laughs) Isn't it so funny how that works? It is the weirdest thing. I'm like, oh my God, you're driving me crazy. What time? Is it bath time, bedtime yet? And then when she goes to sleep, I'm like, are you going to wake up? Like, I miss you. (laughs) I think every mom, every parent can relate to that for sure. Okay, so you've mentioned before, you recently left the classroom. And so you, on your platform, you have lots of humor and fun, but you also aren't afraid to shy away from hard topics and telling things really how they are. And you've shared a lot of that journey on your social media platform. So tell us a little bit about the decision you made to leave the classroom recently. Yeah. So I actually left the classroom in October to go work for board teachers full time just to try and see, you know, if I, if I like doing social media full time, because it was one of those opportunities that I felt like I couldn't pass up. Mm -hmm. So I left and, you know, by the end of November, I was like, I miss my kids. I miss teaching. (laughs) And so, you know, I called my principal and I went back to the classroom, but I taught sixth grade for three and a half years. And so when I went back in December, right before Christmas, they had already given my sixth grade position away. So I moved over to seventh grade and, you know, seventh grade was a different beast than sixth grade was, but there was a lot of, you know, a lack of structure. You know, there was a lot of, you know, disciplinary problems there was a lot of stress and not necessarily just from the grade difference, but because of the type of systems and structures that were not in place in the seventh grade building, like there were in the sixth grade, because our sixth grade building is in a separate building than our seventh grade building was. And so there was just, there were a lot of seventh grade teachers that had quit because the situation up there was so stressful. And so I I went back and, you know, I had never been sick at school before. And you know how as moms, like we don't realize we're sick until right when we start to feel our symptoms because we're trying to push through a lot of stuff. And so, you know, I consider myself as somebody that has like really good classroom management. Like I grew up in the hood, like I'm like the patron saint of ratchet kids. Like (laughs) kids don't really stress me out like that. Like I have a good relationship, you know, with my students and and they, you know, look at me like they're auntie at school, you know. Mm -hmm. And so 
I didn't realize that I was getting stressed out until I was being put into the back of an ambulance from school. You know, your body tells you when you're doing too much. And so I'm one of those people that I feel like I can handle a lot. But in the education world, when they feel like you can handle a lot, it's almost like you get punished for being able to handle a lot. They give you more. Yeah. And so because I could handle, you know, kids with like large disciplinary problems and things like that, they gave me, you know, a lot of kids like that. And so like one day I got like really dizzy, you know, sitting at my desk and, you know, I got up to take my kids to lunch and I was still so dizzy and I was like holding on to the wall because I was like, man, I feel like I'm about to pass out. And the crazy thing is I'm one of those people like I try to like push through to the point where like my, my body has to be like, hey, hey, fam, like we we can't push through, you know. And so and like hindsight, looking back, I'm like, Bree, why did you not like grab another teacher and say, hey, I feel like I'm about to pass out like I need somebody And I think in my mind at the time, it seemed like such a, you know, minute thing to pull another teacher who's already busy, you know, to say, hey, I'm feeling a little dizzy. And I got downstairs, you know, I had to hold on to the rail really hard because I thought I was going to fall down the stairs. And like I got to the cafeteria and I sat down and I got like really sick and I like put my head down and I just was like, something is not right. Like I could hear I could hear people talking to me because like some of the other teachers were coming up and like talking to me and I could hear them talking to me, but they sounded like really far away. And so, and they were like, you know, trying to get me to like lift my head up and I couldn't lift my head up. And I was just, it was, it was one of the scariest experiences I've ever had. And, and they, you know, they got the nurse and, you know, the nurse took my blood pressure. It was like 217 over like 133. And, you know, she called the ambulance immediately. You know, she was I, I, I vaguely remember, you know, being wheeled down the hallway to the front of the building and, and getting, you know, in the back of the ambulance. And it was like a really scary experience. And it was like a wake up call for me because I was like, Bree, this situation that you're in is like really stressful. This is too much stress for you. You know, you can't handle this kind of stress. And so I went to admin and I tried to talk to them you know, about this one particular class that I had that, you know, it doesn't matter how great a classroom management that you have. Sometimes a class may have like too many behaviors, too many sped kids in there, you know, too many mm-hmm. kids in one class, too many kids that have returned from the alternative school. So that one particular class was the one that I came to realize was actually making me sick. And and this ain't no shade on the kids because kids, just they going to be kids. Yeah. They are. And I love those kids. But I came to a point where when I came back to school that next week, I kept getting sick that same way. Not as extreme as I did where I had to go to the ER, but the same like lightheadedness, feeling like I was going to pass out, like heart racing, kind of stuff like that. And some of my followers on social media was like, it sounds like you having a panic attack. And I was like, I'm not having panic attacks. Like these kids don't stress me out like that. Like, I'm, you know, and I kept like just getting sick, like when that, you know, when that class came in and I tried to talk to admin about it, it completely blew me off. And so the last day that I was there, my my older sister is a nurse and she kept telling me this way you're getting sick at school, like Bree, I know you want to stay and I know you love teaching, but do you want to have a stroke at school? And I was like, no. And she was like, you gotta. And I, I, I heard her and I was like, okay, I hear you. But I didn't plan on quitting because I was like, I'll just try to manage it. 
And, you know, my last straw was that particular class. There was already 30 kids in there and I had requested some of the kids be moved to my other classes to kind of balance it out. And, you know, I was trying to help find a solution because it wasn't that I couldn't handle the kids. It was too many of them in that class and it was too many behavior kids in that class altogether. Yeah. It wasn't each individual one. It was the combination. And so, you know, instead of helping me out and moving, you know, some of those kids, they added another kid. And the the 31st kid was a kid who just came back from the alternative school and who was sped. And I was like, y'all got me messed up. Like, and so I tried to like communicate and I tried to talk to them and I got sick that day. I got sick again. I was like, oh my gosh. And so when I talked to the principal and I talked to the counselor, I was like, hey, I asked y'all not to put any more kids in this class. Like, can he be moved to another class? And it was like they they ended up moving the kid, but not until I made like a big deal about it. Because I'm like, y'all was going to let me have 31 kids in here. And it's my most off the chain class and the class that I have to take to lunch. Like, I'm not finna. Y'all not finna kill me. Ain't nobody finna call my baby my three-year-old and say, mommy died at work because she was trying to stick it out for a school that did not care about her health. And so it was really hard for me to put my keys on my desk and leave. But I was just like, I can't even fully do it justice trying to explain the environment that it was like. And it sounds, you know, to people, it may sound like, well, you know, you could have gave them a two weeks or you could have waited until the end of the year or whatever. And I'm like, I messaged them two weeks before trying to find a solution and I got no response and I was basically ignored. And I'm like, no, I'm not giving y'all two weeks. Y'all don't even deserve two weeks. I quit. This was your health we're talking about, which like you said, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, what's most important is your health and you want to be there for your daughter. You know, it was hard for me because I'm like, I love teaching. And, you know, I think had I not been getting sick, I would still be there because I love teaching and I miss my kids and I miss the classroom. But it was like my body was like, yo, you're going to not be okay if you keep because this is too much. This is stress that you can't deal with that you think mentally you can deal with. But you physically I'm trying to your body is trying to tell you, you know, you cannot deal with this. And so people have asked me, you know, would you ever go back to teaching? Man, I love teaching ELA. I love teaching. You know, if I can find the right, you know, environment and a place that is I feel safe at school because I had some situations when I went back where I felt completely unsafe and, you know, brought it to admin's attention and nothing got done. And, you know, I had never had the type of experience I had when I went back to teaching. I had never had any experiences like that the three and a half years I was teaching. And I almost feel like God had me you know, go back to teaching and and experience those things so that now I can be a voice for those teachers who are dealing with those same things and they can't leave. Yeah. There was a teacher that was standing there talking to me the whole time that I was like crying and it was the end of the day. You know, we had like 40 minutes of school left and I was just completely zoned out because I was like, I felt really sick and I was just, I had like this bad gut feeling in my stomach. I was like, Brie, we ain't going to be able to keep doing this. And that teacher stood there with me the whole time. And I mean, Kelsey, I was like bawling, crying. And she stood there with me and God only knows what my kids was in there doing. But I was just like, at that point, I was just so numb and I was just so done. And, you know, when I quit, 
And I drove away and, you know, and left. I felt like I was leaving that teacher behind. And, you know, so when I quit and I told my story and like it blew up on YouTube, I had no idea it was going to blow up. It made me realize like some of these teachers, these things continue to happen because these teachers can't speak out or they'll get fired. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't work for y'all no more. So I'm going to I'm going to say exactly what these teachers are dealing with. And so I started a series on YouTube called Teacher Stories. And it's not funny. You know, people know Honest Teacher Vibes is going to be funny, but these stories, they're not funny, man. And I'm just like, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And I feel like God gave me a platform and I'm going to speak out, you know, for these teachers that they getting hit and kicked and bit and slapped and, you know, admin snapping on them. They're being gaslit by county office and admin, like, somebody has to bring awareness to what these teachers are dealing with in these classrooms every day. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And y'all ain't going to make me be quiet because this is my own platform and I can say what I want. I love that. And I love that you're willing to, you know, use your platform in that way to be an advocate for these teachers, because like you said, not everyone has something to like fall back on to just be able to quit, you know? And yeah, yeah, that's just amazing that you're able to do that. What would you say to those teachers who are returning next year, who are facing similar challenges to what you were facing? Man, listen, at this point in teaching, a lot of teachers don't quit because, you know, they either feel like they can't transition. They don't know what job they would transition into. Schools have pretty decent health insurance sometimes. And so, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, teachers can't transition out of teaching. But if you if you are a teacher who is going back next year and you can't transition out of teaching, you got to find some ways to help you survive. And so, you know, I hate to and everybody's not in a school environment where they have to survive. But some of these teachers, y'all in school environments where y'all feel unsafe and y'all got to figure out a way to survive. And so if you are somebody who is in a school environment like that, I would make sure that, you know, each day, and I know sometimes it's not feasible because, you know, we cover in classes, they take our planning periods or whatever. But if you are a teacher who, you know, you have your planning period and you can, you know, cut your lights out and, you know, just relax for 20 minutes, put some music on, you know what I'm saying? Talk to your doctor. If you need to have like anxiety medicine, it's okay. No shame in that. Ain't no shame in that. You know, do what you can and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And as best as you can, especially in the day and time that we live in, you push back against the stuff that they're asking you to do. Because a lot of teachers, man, we fed up and we tired and we have a right to be treated right at work and not be talked to like a doormat or a dog. And so, you know, and some people I know that's not your personality, that's not your style, you know, to give any pushback. But You know, if you need to go to counseling, like some of these people, these schools have caused them PTSD. If you need to go to counseling and get you, you know, some help, you know, for the things that you've had to deal with at school. But if it's really, really bad and you can transition out, I'm telling you, transition out. And I have had people who are mad at me on social media for saying that because they're like, you have a huge platform. You should be encouraging teachers to stay in education. Listen, I ain't never going to encourage nobody to stay in no toxic environment. I ain't never going to encourage nobody to stay in a toxic environment where you got kids putting, your, putting their hands on you. I'm never going to encourage anybody to do that. But if you are a teacher who you cannot afford to leave and you are in a toxic environment like that, you got to find you some ways to survive, right? So if that is get yourself some Starbucks before you go into work, 
cut your lights out during your planning period, find you a teacher bestie that you can vent to. You know, when you get out of school in the evenings, if you have kids, give your kids something to do and you sit on the couch and you have a glass of wine and you, whatever you got to do to take care of yourself, because the the people who have the power to change what we're dealing with in these schools, it doesn't affect their pocketbook. It doesn't affect their money. So they don't care. And, you know, I'm trying to come up with some resources and some support and some ways to help and support these teachers that can't leave and they don't have an option to leave. And and you know what? You know, quite frankly, I don't know what the full solution is, but we're going to have to figure out something because it is not it's, it's almost like it's inhumane. And it's an injustice what some of these teachers are dealing with in these schools. Like, it's just not it's just not right. Like the stories that people send me. I mean, I have literally wept and cried over their stories because the situation that I dealt with is like some of the stuff that these teachers are sending. I'm like, hey, yo, like that's like 50,000 times worse than what, you know, than what than what I was dealing with. And so I just you know, I have a heart for these teachers and my heart hurts for them. And again, I feel like I have a platform and I'm going to use it for people to become aware of what teachers are dealing with in schools every day. I love how you were using that platform because even just hearing like, you know, your story and, you know, I've heard other teachers stories like that as well. And it's just like, you know, you should never be sacrificing your health for your job. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And mental health is health and mental health actually then spirals into physical health, you know, absolutely 100%. I mean, you went in an ambulance, I ended up in the ER at one point, I wasn't teaching at that time. But I had like a similar kind of story like that, too, which, if anybody wants to hear that it's on episode three of the podcast, but I feel like so many of us have kind of that moment where like, okay, I need to change some things. And whether that's leaving education, or whether that's finding a different school that's more supportive, Because, you know, not every school has like, you know, a dire toxic environment and others do, you know, like every teacher's story is different. So it's just figuring out what works for you. And then while you're in the thick of it, like you said, finding that time for self-care because you're the only one who can do that. Yeah. If it's up to someone else, it won't happen. Not the toxic self-care. No. In professional development. My God. For sure. Like not the like toxic positivity. Like, oh, yeah, everything's great. It's. You have to acknowledge your feelings. Like your feelings are real. You can't just like make them go away. Right. Your feelings are valid. And the amount, some of these admin and county office people, they gaslight these teachers so bad. And hear me when I say, I know there's good admin out there. There are really great admin out there because when my six, the three and a half years I was in sixth grade, I had good admin. There are good admin out there, but there are some admin y'all be gaslighting these teachers and treating them like they just clucking hens bothering y'all. And that is not okay. That is not okay. Yeah. And I, I think we're both on the same page with like, you know, we want to be able to help these teachers like through whatever it is they're going through, whether it's they have a toxic admin environment, like some people have or others, like maybe it's smaller problems, but you know, everyone still has like what they're going through. Your feelings are valid. And that's why I'm really excited to have you at our event this summer, where we're going to help teachers kind of rejuvenate themselves and feel ready to tackle the next school year. And really kind of just learn from everybody there. So can you give us a little sneak peek of what our attendees will learn from you at your keynote? Yeah. So a little bit of what I already talked about, like the timer thing that I do with my daughter, or if I'm working on something, you know, I kind of say, hey, mommy's working on something. So I'll kind of talk about that. I'll talk about, you know, different ways to kind of manage your schedule at school, you know, so that you have more time at home. 
because, you know, people always tell teachers, like, don't take stuff home. Listen, learning how to work your contracted hours is a learned skill, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for a lot of first and second year teachers, they're still learning how to do that. I mean, for a lot of teachers in general, they're still learning how to do that. So, you know, I'll be sharing, you know, some of the things that really helped me. I don't even want to say like time management, but just some things that helped free up more space because I almost feel like sometimes when people are like, say something about time management, like that can be gaslighting as well. Cause it's like, yeah, it's not always necessarily like to my time management is bad. I'll also be talking about, you know, mom guilt and, you know, the stuff that comes with that and the stress that we put, you know, on ourselves with that and some ways that I, that I combat those things. And then, you know, I'll also talk about being a mom, you know, and a social media influencer now and kind of what my schedule looks like with that. And so, you know, by no means will I be speaking as an expert at all. <laughs> I'll just be speaking from one mom to another about the different things that we struggle with in some ways that I have found that have helped me, you know, kind of work through those things. I am so excited to watch your keynote. I think, and I think everybody's going to love it. All, all this stuff you're going to share. I can't wait to hear about all of that. So excited. And then you'll be coming back for a third day with just our members with kind of an open Q&A, which I think is going to be so much fun because, you know, I'm getting to talk with you face to face right now. It's been so fun to finally, as we were talking about before we got on the call, finally talk face to face. We've been chatting on email and Instagram a lot with this event, but this is the first time we've been chatting face to face and it's been fun. It's super fun. I love Q&As, man. You just never know what's going to pop off in the Q&A. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's going to be a great time. So if you were in the club, definitely make sure to watch for the time for the Q&A because you'll want to come to that one live. We will have a replay, but I mean, it's way more fun to be live at a Q&A. Oh yeah. Love Q&As. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, Bree. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. And then for those of you listening, if you're in the club, make sure to attend that Q&A and hop over to the private podcast where we will have some bonus questions with Bree. And if you are not, make sure to grab your ticket to Educate and Rejuvenate. You can just go to educateandrejuvenate.com and you'll be able to join us at the event and hear Bree's keynote. It's going to be such a great time. Okay. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you're going to love Wife Teacher Mommy Club, where you'll have access to every single resource we've ever created for grades pre-K through sixth. Plus, we add new resources every single month. And these aren't just any resources. They are high quality, created by a team of teachers who know exactly what you need. Whether you're a teacher or a homeschool parent, Wife Teacher Mommy Club will significantly cut down on your planning time, giving you hours back every single week to do the things that bring you joy. If that's not enough to convince you to join, you'll also have access to our private Facebook group where you can connect with teachers from all over the world, weekly club giveaways, and our newest edition, life coaching. All of this for less than $30 a month? I know, it's craziness. So what are you waiting for? Join us in the club at www.wifeteachermommy.com club. The moment you do, you'll have instant access to hundreds of tools that you can use for every kind of learner in your classroom. No more endless scrolling for lesson ideas and no more paying every time you need a teaching resource. Push that easy button and join at wifeteachermommy.com slash club. I'll see you here next week.